it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now it's time for very serious football talk with the man who met his wife on a blind date, chaperoned by his parents. They actually came along on the first date with us. There was a... No! I rode in the back seat. I was 22. The man who needs to take a minute to remember the names of all of his children. Do all of your kids have the same first letter? <laughs> no, actually. Um, <sighs> let me think. Do any of them? Tucker, Mason, Cole, Isabel, and Lucas. The man who can defend you in court, but will probably choose not to. I'll cop to this on a public setting right now. I am an aggressive cuddler in a consensual oh. sense. Comma, officer. Good grief, he's a pastor too? When does this guy sleep? You will you will find Seth Kaiser everywhere except for in his or your bed because not only does he not sleep, he's also a faithful husband. So that's that's important. It's Seth Kaiser of The Athletic on Almost Entirely Sports. Hey, we're actually talking to Seth Kaiser on a Tuesday. This feels nice. Welcome back in to Almost Entirely Sports here on Sports Radio 810. Our very bestest friend, Seth Kaiser, on the other end of the phone from Minnesota. I had to think about it for a second. I almost said Minneapolis. I, I don't know why I was going to go that specific. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. You can read all this stuff at TheAthletic.com. You can hear detailed conversations about his family life right here on these radio waves. I feel like at this point, uh, everyone knows you as well as I do, Seth. I, you know, that's the goal. I just want people to feel like they, this actually, the whole reason I got into the sports writing industry was so that I had some kind of avenue to vent about family stuff. Right. Because it's, you know, let's face it, it's cheaper than paying for counseling. <laughs> I said this is about something recently. Oh, you know what it was? And I know that this is going to, this is going to segue nicely into another conversation I want to have with you. Is um, there's a there's a, a podcast there's a whole like family literally uh, the the McElroy family they have my brother my brother and me and the Adventure Zone and a couple of uh, podcasts where each of the those brothers and their wife has a podcast one of them is called Wonderful and it's basically just them talking about things they like it's very soothing it's funny it's just it uh, what I what I've done recently in in downtimes I'll just put that podcast on and then I'll play Stardew Valley which is this, like, 16-bit little farming game that you can go mining and you can plant and everything. And I do all of that because the grand total on that on that whole package there was, like, 15 bucks for Stardew Valley. The podcast is free. That's way cheaper than therapy. That is so much cheaper than therapy. And, and so, see, so you get it. Some people listen to podcasts. I try to get on them. <laughs> that, that's why so often it's like, yeah, but Seth, can you talk about the uh, the potential pick rate for Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, I can get there. But personally, my wife, if you really want to know, you know, and, you know, it, it works out very, very well. Speaking of which, yes. do you want to hear a story about my wife? I do. Last week we talked about uh, sensitive medical information. Today let's talk about her uh, newfound addiction. 
There's our lead-in. We'll talk about uh, about Mrs. Minnesota Chiefs fans' newfound addiction right after this. You got to do the, the commercial break first, though, John. That's good. You're right. Now um, here's my MeUndies read. Let's talk about so my Squarespace. my my wife. After years of of looking down on my gaming habits, which I don't really game much. I used to play Civilization when we first got married, and then I threw it away because I wanted to stay married. Um, <laughs> Civilization is rough. That is addictive. Yeah. So my wife has become addicted to the, the game Subnautica. I had to Google this. Like, she actually just yelled at me. I'm going to go ahead and shut the door. She just yelled from the other room. She doesn't have a problem. <laughs> yes, you Googled it. Subnautica. Now, there might be some people. I'm very curious. If you play Subnautica, DM Josh about it. No, God. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But I would, love, I would love to hear about it on Twitter, like your experiences. It's a very, at the same time, super relaxing, mm-hmm. but also like existentially terrifying game. Yeah. I really like this as a concept a lot. Yeah, you you swim around in like an open world, like you you know you like crash landed on an alien planet, which sounds super intense. But like you get out of the spaceship and you're just surrounded by this beautiful ocean, and like you you swim around and you collect fish and you like get pieces of your spacecraft and build stuff. And it's a fairly it's a big world, like really 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 big, mm-hmm. and it's very cool. It's like. Uh, I don't know. I missed meets one of the Super Mario Left World things where you're underwater. I don't know what it yeah. is. But it's a lot of fun. And the way my wife got hooked on it was by basically scaring our six-year-old daughter out of ever trusting us again, which is fun. <laughs> they, they're playing the game, and they're sitting there, like, treading water. Sure. <laughs> as... This is the thing. They take advantage of how scary treading water is. Because yeah, that, that is there, there's that's, nothing scarier than that. No, that's a life lesson delivered too young. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I watched Jaws when I was younger than her, and look at uh, oh no, wait, I'm I'm terrified of sharks. Yeah, I don't love it. So they're sitting there treading water, and they do a great job with it, like the first person view, to where you can't see beneath the surface when you're treading water. Uh, and so they were treading water and like talking about what they wanted to do next, or they were looking at a fish like that they had grabbed in their hand or something. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this monster like shrieks from the oh. abyss and pulls them under and kills them. Oh. <laughs> and my daughter, see, we kept her awake for like hours after that, watching like you know Peppa Pig and like <laughs> nice, nice things because she was like trying to tell me about it later, and I just felt so bad. They're yeah. like. She's just like, Dad, something something grabbed us. And she was, like, trying to pretend that she wasn't scared still. It was adorable. Oh. And, like, it really, I feel like, undone, has undone a lot of bad parenting moments by me. Yeah. So, that's yeah, the, Even it, the scales nice. as to which one of you is the worst parent. Excellent. Very good. Right. And, and she's, like, she's, like, gone full-on gamer. Like, I got home today from court, and I was like, hey, you know, we should really try to, like, you know, find a way to build that little sub that we can cruise around in. And my son, Mason, who's super honest, was like, well, we already have that. I'm like, didn't we have a lot of work to do on that? He's like, <laughs> like how much have you guys played Subnautica today? He's like, a lot. He's like, well, a lot, Dad. Well, Mommy's currently <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of crushed-up Mountain Dew cans, and there's Cheeto dust yeah. everywhere. But her new gamer chair does look very sort of, like, ergonomically healthy, so at least that's good. <laughs> like, her lower yeah, back is in good very- shape. 
it's such a fun feeling because she's always been so much better than me. And now it's like, no, you're just like me. You're just like me. So anyway, that's what's happening in my personal life this week. It's really, really good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and formally just offer out uh, Stardew Valley as just if she ever wants to, you know, switch it up a little bit and go kind of like retro. And it's a, it's a relatively new game, but it looks retro and it's farming instead of swimming. I promise at least so far. I've probably sunk 30 or 40 hours into it because, again, like 30 or 40 hours of therapy would be really expensive. And uh, I've never been attacked by a violent alien or anything at this point. So, Oh, sure. (laughs) That sounds like a better way to spend time. Or I'm doing the segue for you today. Or you could always pay attention to Chief Training Camp. Ah, yes. And if you want things that are certainly good for your mental health and not incredibly taxing, we can get deeply into, you know, the the gems dropped today at camp. We can talk about Chris Jones, contract discussions, whatever. Uh, or <laughs> we can talk more about video games. No, let's listen. You gave you gave us the segue and we'll take it. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction though. Um, cuz last night on this very show, we had the discussion, and, and you've done a thing with, with storylines that I want to dig into. But for, for me, we, we, what we talked about last night is that the biggest thing of note for me right now for the Chiefs, and, and going more big picture, it's, it's not Tyree Kill because that's sort of solved, and I want to talk about that also. And it's not Chris Jones because that's going to be solved one way or another at some point. It's the fact that outside of those stories – there's very little in terms of, like, serious stuff on the lines of the Chiefs in training camp, and that's not true for almost any other franchise in the league. Right. They they, they obviously need to stay healthy. You know, you don't want any sure. injuries. Sure. But there's very little drama going on for them right now. There's very few question marks. Even on defense, where they basically completely revamped the unit, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of questions. You know, you're, who are your starters going to be? Okay, Okafor, Nadi, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Uh, Damian Wilson, from the looks of it, either Hitchens or Raglan at the middle, and then Hitchens at, at will or Lee at will. Yep. I mean, that might be one thing to watch. Mm-hmm. The corners sure. are pretty much set. The safeties seem pretty much set, other than, like, maybe the third safety battle between Sorensen and Watts. There's not a lot at stake here. And like you said, the Hill stuff, at least in terms of on the field, is over. The, right. His teammates seem glad to have him back. If you, I mean, the moment they could, they released a video of, of doing stuff with him. Yep. I thought that was interesting. And you got to assume that was the moment, like, the gag order by the Chiefs was lifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I mean, even, like, Gary Dieter at the beginning of that really awesome video that, that they all put together of, you yeah. know, them running routes. Yeah. Dieter in, like, the first two seconds, yeah, he's back. Like, I mean, yeah. they seem excited to have him back. Yeah. Mahomes said he's excited to have him back, calls him a good friend. So that's over from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, the fallout from that's going to continue for a while. I get that. Absolutely. Uh, the Jones thing, um, you know, he'll report by August 6th mm-hmm. unless he does something that, other than Le'Veon Bell, no one's done. Yeah. And I just can't see him doing it. I had someone say, well, I think he'll do whatever gets him paid the most long term. Here's the, the thing. Not reporting this year, all that does, it makes him a restricted free agent next year, yep. which means the Chiefs still don't have to use the franchise tag on him. Yep. So it kicks out his payday another year. Yep. And, and keep in mind that by not reporting this year, he's going to cost himself a lot of money, I mean, for a regular person, a lot of money mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't see it happening. It wouldn't be advantageous. What's most advantageous for him, honestly, 
is playing and playing well this year. You know, people can talk about Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell cost himself money. Yeah, It did not work out the way it was supposed to for him. Yeah. And that was on the franchise tag. Jones is a year away from being on the franchise tag, and then he'd be two years away if he didn't report. The chances of him not reporting are virtually nil. Yeah. And the chances of him playing poorly are virtually nil. So that's a non-story. And so that's one of the over – There's you can you can look right now. The Chiefs U-Class 301 uh, on the Athletic right now goes through some overrated and underrated storylines here. That's the first one up um, on this page. And the one thing there that I would to, – to play the devil's advocate, because I don't fundamentally disagree with anything there, but I would point out from Chris Jones' perspective that the best thing for him, you're right, would be to play this year and to play really well. That has the implication of also staying healthy. And this game, yeah. like, sucks to play sometimes. Like, the, the, the wear and tear is legitimate. And so my hunch, yeah. and I've said this over and over, this is a hunch, and this is speculative, and this is not me telling you that Brett Veach pulled me to the side and whispered in my ear for a few minutes today and saying, Joe, and said, hey, go say this on the radio tonight. Because um, if he did do that, I would tell <laughs> you straight up because that would be hilarious. Um, but it's it's <laughs> speculating here. I kind of think that a contract gets done this offseason because I think the Chiefs and Chris Jones are probably both smart enough to come up to the middle ground of here is what it costs you to get guarantees earlier than than most teams would give it to you. And so the, it is advantageous right. to the Chiefs to pay him sooner if they really want him around because that price goes down some. And I think Chris Jones and his agent, they can posture all the way up until that, that hard deadline or a couple days before and say, we're not budging, we're not budging, right. we're not budging. But then by the time you get to that date where somebody has to move, I could see them saying, all right, we'll take, you know, $2 million less a year and the guaranteed jumps down less year, whatever, you know. And figure out all of those specifics. That still, to me, feels like the most logical conclusion of this. Where are you at on that front? I I agree. I think you've got two contracts to look at. You've got Fletcher Cox, who, you know, the guarantees are what matters, but for the sake mm -hmm. of simplicity, we'll say he's got like a $17, $18 million a year contract, right? Mm -hmm. Then you've got Aaron Donald, who has, what is his, like $22 million a year? Something like that. It's a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Now, Cox's deal was signed a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's the deal the Chiefs are looking at as a template, even now. Even now, because it's a couple years old. Um, if he's looking at Frank Clark's contract, you're looking at 20 mil a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got these three different contracts that you could look at. The problem is, and Sam Mellinger's done a really good job breaking this down. Yes. Frank Clark played out his rookie contract. He was mm -hmm. on the franchise tag. He had more leverage yep. and it cost the team less to extend him now you know what i mean in terms yeah. of opportunity cost they're giving up less right whereas the team right now is would be giving up two years of control whereas with clark the chiefs only were giving up one year of control and what that year being a fairly expensive one at that mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and and these are the things that come into play with negotiations i'll be perfectly honest all of this i have more people and this happens every time there might be a contract dispute yeah well, I've had more people, well, you know, it's because Jones isn't that good. No, that's yeah. just not true. Jones is awesome. He's one of the three best interior defenders in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He is awesome. He is a good run defender, not a great one, a good one. And he is one of the best pass rushers in the league, full stop. Yep. You pay for that kind of guy. Yep. There's a reason why Joel Corey, when, uh, when uh, 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 Grady Jarrett, the, the, the pass rusher in – or not the pass rusher, the defensive lineman in Atlanta – Yes. Got his deal. Yes. Excellent player. But Corey pointed out, he said, that's not a market setter because he's not nearly the pass rusher Chris Jones is. 
And so you'd think they would find some kind of middle ground. I personally, I'm not sure what the deadlines are in terms of negotiating a deal. Mm-hmm. My understanding, and I could be wrong about this, someone can correct me, since he's just playing under his rookie contract, they can keep negotiating even as camp continues. I believe that to be the case. Usually those restrictions come with franchise tags and whatnot, so I think you're correct in saying that. Right, and so once he's in town, that might become even easier because for Jones, every day he practices is a risk. Yeah. Every day he plays is a risk. And so once he's actually out there, he might think to himself, ah, you know, 18 mil a year sounds pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've always, in a weird way, I've admired players who are willing to hold out for more money. Because yeah. if I had someone, because the way these bonuses work, it's like, look, we'll hand you a check for $25 million today. I would fold so quickly. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. You know, and even if my agent were telling me, yeah, yeah, but it might be $35 million next year, I'd be like, I don't care. I might yeah. die in that time span. Right. Right. Like, what are, we, what, are, what are we doing here? So I do think a deal gets done. The Chiefs want him. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I think he wants to be a Chief. And I personally think that there's a chance. I was going to tweet this earlier, but I thought I'd save it for oh, your I show, Oh, I love Josh. it. Oh, I love this. I think there's a chance that if Jones plays this year in Spag's defense next to Frank Clark and plays as well as I think he's going to, I think there's a chance he demands something close to Aaron Donald money next year and, and, and is worth it. And so I, I think that might have been an FCC thinking. violation, Seth. I think what you just said may have been an FCC violation because I think it could be at, at the very least qualified as erotic. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I, I, I very much think he could. Yeah. I, I just he, – he's clearly working his tail off. Mm-hmm. He looks absolutely incredible on video. I'm curious if and when he reports. I'm sure you'll take a picture of him <laughs> in a totally not creepy way. And you can tell uh, us how he looks. I can't um, believe this is my hashtag brand, but it is. Yeah. It's my brand. Yeah. It's okay. My brand is that I can't pronounce people's last names. So, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, I that's guess not that's predatory. No, sure. no, it's not. So, but if Jones let me, you know, after the season Jones had last year, he doesn't need to have another, you know, 15, 16 sack season mm-hmm. to still demand incredible upper tier borderline Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack type money. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people don't get. Let's say he quote unquote only has. 11 sacks this next year. That's not enough of a downward deviation to keep him from still demanding top-tier money yeah. because sacks vary by that much every year. Yeah, that's a good point. I just – I think that – and we may have just proven this, that it's something we can talk about even whenever it doesn't deserve it, but I, I, I <laughs> just don't think that this is quite as complicated as a lot of people have let it become where the Chiefs just want a a value for paying him before they need to, and Chris Jones wants to get paid sooner than he technically should. And so you find a middle ground there. He wants to get paid top-tier money. It's negotiations. This is what happens. You remember when people were like, you know, maybe the Rams will trade Aaron Donald. Right, yes, yes, that happened. That was a conversation. Right, and that's this is what happens. Now, we'll see. You know, Therese Paler had said he was a little less confident about it getting done this year. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's been confident. If the issue is just money and the Chiefs see him as a foundational player, Leach has a history of getting it done. Yep. I, my hope 
Because the way I view things, I think the Chiefs' current foundational players on offense are obviously Mahomes, then Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, Mm -hmm. and Mitch Schwartz. Mm -hmm. I should include Mitch Schwartz in that. Mm -hmm. On defense, I think the foundational players are Tyron Matthew, uh, or Frank Clark. I think Kendall Fuller is to be determined. And then Chris Jones, I think, is the other guy. Mm-hmm. I'm good with And that. you can have eight big contracts. Yeah. That's about your limit, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you fill out around those guys. So if they view Jones that way, I expect them to get it done. He's a fantastic player. I think he's going to have a fantastic season on a new deal or not. Okay, here's my very last thing on that before we finally stop belaboring this point. I think if the Chiefs didn't see him be one of those foundational guys, they would have traded him away with all the other non-foundational guys they got rid of before the draft. Like that's sort of my absolutely, absolutely, and the and the the opportunity to get a huge return would never have been higher. I mean, yeah. imagine they could have just not traded any draft picks for Frank Clark, and they could have said, "Hey, Seattle." Give yeah. us Frank Clark yeah. and, you know, your second and third round picks or and your first round pick. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because of the difference in their contracts. Yep. So they could have done all this kind of thing. The fact that they didn't tells me that they see him at the very least as a big part of, of this year. So, I, yeah, it's a non-story. We spent a lot of time talking about a non-story. I know, but I think what happened there is I just wanted to hear you say what I was saying with a more Minnesota accent on it. And so now I feel validated <laughs> and we can talk about something else. Um, also on that defensive line, one of the storylines I think has been underrated that I tend to agree with, again, a name that we talked about a little bit last night, but not nearly enough probably, is Alex Okafor. We were at a point before the Frank Clark trade where I think you might have been less uh, strident in this belief than I was, but I was ready to bet pretty much just whatever I could find in my wallet that Breland Speaks is going to be a starting defensive end on this team, simply because usually the guy that the GM handpicks is the guy that gets the inside track. And I think because of Alex Okafor and Frank Clark, Speaks is not going to be that guy, and Okafor deserves this opportunity. Uh, absolutely. You know, Okafor got signed for not huge money, but not tiny money either. Yep. Right? It was yep. kind of – I think I think it comes out to like six mil a year, something like that. Sounds, sounds um, reasonable. That is, yeah. It's, it, it, it's starter money. Yeah. Yes. It, either that or at the very least heavy rotation. And if you look at his film with the Saints last year and the last couple of years, He's a very competent player. You know, I talked to a couple of analysts for the Saints. They were bummed to see him go. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, like, kind of happy that he got a little bit of a payday. But they, they weren't thrilled to see him go. Mm-hmm. He, he's a very solid run defender, and he's a decent pass rusher. He's not Frank Clark or even close, but he's got a real good power move. And he's a guy who can run stunts and twists really well. So, I mean, you know, the, he's a guy that... It sounds like he impressed in OTAs. I think people, like, I've had a lot of people ask me if Emmanuel Ogba and him are going to be in a competition. And my answer is, I mean, if both of them play the way they did last year, the film isn't even close. Okafor is a much better player. At least he was last year. So I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised because I think they view him as, like, a fringe starter. And I think he's a viable, competent, above-average defensive end. Uh, it is about $6 million per year, almost exactly. A $6 million signing bonus and all of that is prorated. That's pretty into the weeds. But, yeah, if Alex Okafor is your second-best edge rusher and total your third-best pass rusher, 
that's a good price. The film breakdown, if, if you, I'm sure people, somebody missed it. If you want to look at Seth's film review, you can just probably search The Athletic Alex Okafor, and I'm sure that you'll find that piece. It's really interesting, um, and I buy in on that, and because I don't disagree, I won't make you talk about it more. Um, you say that also in this article, one of the overrated things is the impact of the rookie class. I'm, we disagree on a lot of things. I think that's why I like talking to you so much because it makes me feel like I've just got more more people on my side on these things. Um, that has nothing sure. to do with your actual work or individual um, opinions or personality. It's just, it, it's just, again, it's sort of saying what I'm saying in a Minnesotan accent. Um, the NFL, I, I think NFL fans, if not front offices, fans typically overvalue, and also media, overvalue what rookies can do. Um, what do you look right. at when you see this Chiefs rookie class? I see a lot of players that I really like, for mm-hmm. starters. Like, let me be clear on that. You know, I, I had no idea who Hardman was when they drafted. I had no idea who almost any of them were outside of Thornhill. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, eh. But when you look at the film, I think a lot of them can do things. I've I've adopted Colin Sanders as my new large adult son. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's just based on, if you haven't, and this is the rare plug, not the rare plug, but the plug, um, Nate Taylor did an awesome article on Saunders' time dominating yeah. both sides of the ball in high school. He interviewed a bunch of people who played against them and who played with him, and it's so much fun. Like, people were just like, man, I wish I, man, I hope I get to see him play running back again at some point. Because he's just so, it's so cool to watch him just dominate, you know, 170 pound high schoolers. <laughs> right. Um, um, hold on, before you move on, can I also hop in real quick just to point out that Nate Taylor was the most excited person at training camp this morning, and it wasn't even close. Oh, yeah. He high-fived me whenever he walked in so hard. It was one of those high-fives where you kind of get a little bit of forearm. I had three red marks on the inside of my wrist from where his <laughs> fingers slapped my – because I was also, like, glad to be there. Football season's back and all of that. But I must have looked like freaking Eeyore standing next to Nate, who was, like, ready to do box jumps. Like, he was downright springy today. Nate is just the best. He is – he is – I, I seriously – any, anything that people think about Nate in terms of good things from what they hear on the radio, what they read, he's an even better dude than you think. He's awesome. Yeah, he's and that makes me so happy. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure to text him and tease him about that. Um, but yeah, so the rookie class, the, like you said, expecting too much out of a rookie class is generally fool's gold. Mm-hmm. Most rookies don't produce that much. Mm-hmm. They just don't, you know, running backs can be the exception. Or other other positions where it's like you just jump in and you play well. And obviously people are like, oh, Quint, well, Quentin Nelson played well. Oh, well, this rookie played well. That rookie played well. It's like, yes, but you're talking about like four rookies out of a draft class that had 32 people in each round in seven rounds. Right. They, they just generally, you know, hundreds and hundreds of rookies come into the year every year, and a handful of them, maybe a few dozen, make an impact. Mm-hmm. So it's just a numbers game. Second-year guys, third-year guys, that's, they start to adjust. It's hard to jump from college to the NFL. If anyone ever played any high school ball and then went and played a little college ball, the jump is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's even more serious in the pros. And so people every year, they expect people to come in, and, oh, you know, man, maybe, maybe McCole Hardman will come in and, you know, maybe he'll, you know, get, you know, what, what's over under 800 yards? It's like, ah! that and I think Hardman can play yeah sure it's just hard for rookies to make that kind of impact and so I think people should dial that down if if, if rookies can contribute at all like like Dorian O'Daniel last year contributed Derek Nottie contributed like some of those things that you see that's that's basically almost a bonus yeah if a rookie genuinely contributes 
Um, so you, in in contrast with that, and you make this point in the article, like people love a rookie class, and by the time those guys don't produce in their rookie season and the second year comes around, they're just another one of the veterans that gets, you know, sort of churned through the system. But you say an underrated right. storyline is looking at these second-year guys, a lot of whom you just mentioned. Right. Right. So the, we, we love shiny new things. Yes, we do. We're all a bunch of toddlers, really. It's true. Walking That's around true. in our diapers. Just looking at the next shiny thing that comes along. 100%. That, that's us. So when you, we've got rookies, we, we spend the whole time thinking about what they could be. We love the unknown. And once the unknown becomes a little more known, if it's anything less than, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. then we discard it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, well, that's probably as good as that's ever going to get, and we're done. Right. And that's what happens to second-year players if they're not stars. People tend to, or if they don't like flash genuine star potential, people tend to forget about them. But guys that are that are that are quiet contributors, like Derek Nadi especially last year, was solid. Mm-hmm. And for a rookie along the defensive line, that's really impressive. Yeah. And people just seem to forget that these guys are developing. The guy you saw his rookie year isn't the guy you're going to see his second year, third year, fourth year. And so now. Um, they're, they're, they're seeing this all for the second time, right? So now it's no longer like orientation and just figuring out where to stand. Right. They can actually spend training camp focusing on getting better, and that's a big deal. And of that class, who do you – again, we've mentioned a bunch of the names, and like there, there's, there's a jump to be had for all of the guys that you mentioned in the story, but who do you see as being the guy that, that at least you're watching the most closely for whatever that reason may be? Um, you know, had you asked me three months ago, I would have said Dorian O'Daniel. Mm-hmm. But he is going to have a much tougher time now with Lee having been traded for because Lee has proven it at the pro level, right? Right. And so he's going to have a tougher time getting on the field. But I really like O'Daniel. I like the way he flies all over the field. I think he's a guy to keep an eye out for because last year an area that he was weak, in my opinion, was sometimes understanding coverages kind of, you know, taking the cookie out of the cookie jar a little and getting just way out of position. Right. That was a problem for him. Right. And so if he's worked on that, his play speed is fantastic. Um, I really like Derek Naughty and I really like Armani Watts. I think those three guys, I think Naughty, it could go from a good run defender to an elite run defender. He's got the functional strength for it and just enough quickness to where he can go from being like, oh, he's a good run defender. You know, glad we have him on the team, like a Tyson Jackson type, where it's like, yeah. okay, good run defender. Yeah. You know, not a guy you take, you know, third overall. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, he, But a guy that you're glad on your team, I think he can go from that to, you know, maybe not quite a snacks level run defender, but I think he's got the quickness that Jackson didn't have along with functional strength that Jackson did have. So I think he can take a step forward in that department and be a guy that's like goes from, oh, I'm glad he's here to like, hey, this guy can really play. So I think if I were to pick just one, it would be Naughty. Um, you also have in here an overrated thing, daily results of practice and, and how there's yeah. a tweet here from Mile High Report saying, we're only reacting to what's <laughs> happening. Keenum has zero picks in six practices. Chiefs fans have stopped counting Mahomes' picks. Um, and then a little kissy <laughs> emoji and then tagging a local Chiefs blog is how I will refer to them. Um, I have breaking news for you, Seth. I I retweeted that and said that tweet and just said shout out to Seth for reminding me this tweet still exists. That tweet no longer exists, Seth. We bullied them and no. they deleted it. They deleted it. 
I am I am tweeting. I have tweeted it out from my account again with the screenshot because I knew what was happening whenever my notification stopped rolling in. Um, and so we can bully them via screenshot, but I do want to break the news to you right now that Mile High Report has deleted that tweet because jokes are hard sometimes. Oh my goodness, no way! I need you to send me that screenshot because you know what? I think I just embedded their tweet in the athletic article. You did. And now it's gone forever. I, the, my problem is I have been using dark mode, so you will have to take the screenshot in dark mode. Um, or, you know, what you could do, you could embed my tweet that just, is, that just says, Mile High Report deleted this tweet because we made fun of it, which is now also <laughs> out on Twitter. I, I, I might have to do that. What a, what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> I, I can't imagine my editor's, I can't imagine my editor's response when I go, Brendan, Brendan, I need you to, you know, insert this tweet for that tweet, and he's going to look at me like, are you 12? And I'm going to say, yes, yes, now please do it. But that is so funny that they deleted that. But yeah, I remember that. I was in Kansas City, if you'll recall, I do. during the height of the Mahomes interception mania. Yeah, that was the worst, man. I freaking hated he that. He threw two picks in the practice that I watched. And I remember appearing on the radio and sitting down saying, look, one of them he could have easily run in. He didn't because he was being a gamer. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done that during a game. The other one, I can't remember what the other one was. It was like a... Like a tip pass or something stupid. Yes. But I was just like, this is, let's all just calm down. But it became like a national narrative. Yeah, it did, oh, dude. It was the worst. It was the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, can we take a quick commercial really quick? I need to ask you about the defense a little bit, and uh, we need to continue to dunk on Mile High Report. So do you have just a second? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm assuming my wife is probably playing Subnautica, so I think I got plenty of time. <laughs> Fantastic. It's Seth Kaiser of The Athletic here on Almost Entirely Sports. More with him whenever we come back. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Every Chiefs fan has been waiting on pins and needles for this question to be asked to Seth Kaiser. Um, and I, I, what, what was that? What was that, Seth? What? Nothing, nothing. What did he say? What did he say, Beards? I said, hang on, let me finish putting on my pants first. <laughs> what? <laughs> With Joshua Briscoe. Um, why were you not wearing pants at 5.01 today? I work from home, bro. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Two weeks in a row, we get two segments of Seth Kaiser of The Athletic. We, we give and we give and we give. What else could you ask for? Uh, you can follow Seth on Twitter, at RealMNChiefsFan, where he occasionally bullies uh, Broncos blogs into deleting their tweets. Um, and also, you know, we'll tweet out links to things like his athletic.com, the athletic.com articles, or the video games that his wife is currently playing. <laughs> There's lots of fun stuff there. I still can't believe they did that. That is so... Generally speaking, it's kind of funny because I like to do friendly trash talk yeah. with opposing fans because it's it's in fun. It's part of sports, you know. And we can joke around and they'll say something. Someone did a um, I, I remember once I think it was Mile High Report, honestly, yeah. where I said something snarky about the Chiefs always beating the Broncos, and they tweeted back like a GIF of Chiefs fans doing the tomahawk chop, you know. Mm-hmm. Only they had subtitled the words in one and done. Yeah, that's funny. One. 
And I couldn't even get mad. I was like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. Like, that was super hurtful. Well done. <laughs> and so deleting tweets, that is so out of bounds. So, I mean, yeah, I'm probably going to have to mock some people when I get off the radio. You you linked to it in the article, and then I quote tweeted just again with shout out to at Real MN Chiefs fan reminding me that this tweet exists. And then it did get, you know, like, they got 75 likes or whatever. And then that, I, I imagine, sent some people back to at them, and then they just deleted it because that's that's what you do. <laughs> Um, well, and that's the the entire point. There is again, don't get too hung up on the highs and lows of daily training camp practices. Yep. Like if someone is great throughout training camp, especially the days where they have pads on, mm-hmm. those are the money days, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, because we all remember Dexter McCluster was really great in camp I at sure times, yes. but you notice it wasn't the whole time. Jonathan Baldwin was great in camp until the pads oh. came on. Pay attention to what happens consistently, because Tyree Kill. Like, none of us believed it, right? Because yeah. we were like, okay, you know, Dexter McCluster all over again. and But it just kept happening. Yep. And so don't get too hung up in the highs and lows of daily practice. Mahomes could throw 20 picks in one practice, and it's not going to matter even a little. Okay, so you said Tyree Kill. You mentioned him, and I want to talk to you about the ruling the NFL made. There are a bunch of different levels yes. to it all, and I, we've talked about it a bunch. You've talked about it a bunch. All of that. I've talked yes. about it a lot. Um so you did a great segment on it the other day. I actually listened thank to the uh, to the podcast. Thank you. I saw that you tweeted about it. I went, wow, Seth listened to a podcast instead of just being on one. That must have been really nice for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was driving to you. Took the place of my usual listening to sermons, which just shows you oh, what man. high regard I hold you in. I was preaching to the masses that day. I was doing. <laughs> I did that show. I'm looking at mountains in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. And uh, there was a little, like, golf course, like, little street sleeper thing that gave us a little ambiance. It was nice. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> that warms my little, my, my cold, black little heart. It just grew two sizes like the Grinch. Uh, so the NFL doesn't suspend Tyreek Hill at all. Uh, you right. can start wherever you want. I mean, where you was that a surprise? You can say, you can do what you want with a right ruling or not. But you can, honestly, you say whatever you want for, like, a minute. I'm just going to move the microphone away from my mouth. Sure, that sounds good. Um, the uh, man, this is the almost entirely sports I've always dreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still back here. So, I'm, I'm keeping my word. Oh dang it! All right. So the, the here's the thing: as things started to come out the last few weeks, you saw more and more plugged in people, kind of saying subtle things like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it was less time than people think. And you could almost see them almost feeling out the process. And here's where I think things really shifted for Hill is the release of the full audio tape. Yeah. Not because it moved the needle from what the NFL knew. I think they already knew. I think we have a report if saying they had, they've had that audio for a long time. Right. If I were guessing, I think – I think, again, this is just based on everything, like how long they met with him and his attorney, the fact that they told Mike Florio that we, they interviewed a bunch of Hill's family members and a bunch of her family members. It sounds like they did quite a bit of due diligence here. I think, if I were to guess, that they believe Hill's side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. And then the lack of evidence that he you know, necessarily that, – that, that, that he caused any harm to his kiddo, I think they're willing to say, you know – we maybe believe your side of things, like, say, in terms of, like, the recording. Like, yeah. okay, so this is what you meant. You said it in a horrible way, but you didn't quite mean it as a physical threat or whatever, sure. right? I'm not defending what he said. 
if I had a friend or a client who said something like that, I'd freak out on them, tell mm-hmm. them what is wrong with you, you're a moron. Mm-hmm. That's just a, you just don't talk to people like that. Mm-hmm. This isn't complicated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. However, I think, and again, all guessing, that the NFL, including the Chiefs especially, have believed his version of events. The problem that they had to deal with was what? What's the nine dollar word? Optics, right? Yeah. How does yeah. this all look? So then the recording comes out, and now all of a sudden you had national people going, "Wait a minute! Like that's not at all what I was sold mm-hmm. at the beginning of all this." Mm-hmm. And you saw that from quite a few people from quite a few places. Now some people were like, "You know, it doesn't matter." doesn't change anything and you know some people said it makes it worse which i've found to be rather tortured reasoning to be perfectly honest but that's neither here nor there yeah um that that, some people you know they're setting their opinions and that's fine and some people were setting their opinions the other way that no matter what happened you know without a video they were going to believe that hill never did anything wrong in his life Mm. well I, i think the nfl they had kind of their out there where now instead of like the vast majority of non chiefs fans feeling incredibly strongly about this, yeah. it kind of swayed things, not all the way, don't get me wrong, there were still a lot of very upset people, mm-hmm. but it kind of swayed it to a lot more of, we don't really know. Like, mm-hmm. clearly, there's more going on here, and clearly this is weird, and that, as an attorney, when you're doing criminal defense, what you always tell your client, and what you tell anyone, and what you tell the jury, I don't have to prove anything. I have to just raise reasonable doubt yeah. Now, obviously, it's a different standard dealing with an employer, but Hill didn't necessarily need to prove anything to the NFL. He just needed to show that there's a lot more going on here. Yeah. To quote a podcast I recently listened to, it's complicated. <laughs> it's it's not. It, it, it's just not as simple as it looked on the surface. And just by yeah. showing that, I think that was enough. And the NFL, when the public at large kind of became more aware of that, and you're seeing it more and more, it's been interesting watching national writers. Again, not all of them, but some of them start to kind of change their tune a little bit to not from like to like a pro Tyree Kill stance, mm-hmm. but to kind of more of a I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. Whereas months ago, the prevailing sentiment was this dude's a schlub and they need to cut him now. Mm-hmm. And I think that gave the NFL the window to say, you know what, I we we don't think there's quite enough here, and now maybe the optics won't be quite so bad for us. So here we go. Yeah. Um, I do remember hearing, uh, I reading Therese Paylor's excellent reporting on it. He basically said, you know, the difference for the NFL, or no, this was actually, this was in Nate Taylor's excellent reporting on it. Nate Taylor's the new, the new Therese, and I don't think Therese would fight you on that because Nate is awesome. And so I still don't Nate want to fight Therese for any reason, but go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, see, now I'm going to just project that onto Nate. So no pressure for him now <laughs> to try to, like, you know, replace the goat of Kansas City Chiefs media. But that's right. okay. Anyway, Nate talked about the fact that the NFL viewed it as different than, say, like Ezekiel Elliott because they didn't believe Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And they had evidence outside of the court process that they thought, man, he did this. Yep. He ain't going to get charged, but he did this. Whereas in Hill's case, I don't think they think he did it. I think they believe him. And so there you go. I don't walk out of this feeling particularly good. Yeah. Um, and and we won't really know much until a year or two from now, or three or four or five. Mm-hmm. A thing that I say to my clients all the time, and again, I have a weird perspective on all this, doing what I do in the child protection world. I tell my clients all the time, I'm not really that worried about what happens to you, you know, next week. Yeah. I'm worried about what 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 your life looks like next year. 
or five years from now or 10 years from now because you really don't know how all this stuff turns out until you get farther down the road. And we're not going to know for years how things really turn out here. What if 10 years from now Tyreek Hill is on his way to the end of a Hall of Fame career that he's never had nary a peep, his kid's grown up and seems fond of it, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Or this time next year we're reading about something else. Yeah. And until these things happen, we won't know. And so then it's just a question of whether you're okay not knowing. I personally, I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm not thrilled about it, but I can live with it. This is, I, I don't want to, we, we, first of all, we don't have very much time left. Second of all, I don't want to walk you into a lava pit here. Um, and third, I, it's just very open-ended. But one thing within all of that, that where you mentioned, like, you know, you don't feel great. Um how are you na- how do you navigate basically how do you navigate Twitter right now? Like uh oh, hold on, what's going on? Um, nothing. I'm not having a three year old offer me a drink of something right now. That would be super unprofessional. Josh, I'm on the radio. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Good job. Okay. Anywho. And and three, two. Um no, I just I, I, the question is basically how do you navigate Twitter in all of this? Because and, and like because sure. there are there are people that handle things all of this well with the twists and turns, and there are people, and oftentimes it's fans specifically that were like, there was even we I gotta mention this already, but like Lewis Riddick had a tweet about how like, hey, this is you know shows you how you, I, I have tons of respect for Lewis Riddick, but this tweet coming from a reputable person was sort of like, hey, this just shows you I shouldn't talk about stuff so you have all the information. That kind of bothered me a little bit because if you think that magically now we have all of the information, I think you're biting right. on the thing that we all just learned not to bite on. So there's just a lot of conflict right. in that for me. Absolutely. Um, the way I deal with it on Twitter is I, I learned my lesson. When the initial audio came out, and I'm still upset about that whole thing, yeah. I thought you did a great job kind of excluding uh, like Tom and Danny and some yeah. of the other people Not who I think do job. a great job in the sports department yep. with uh, with Channel 5 there. Yep. But what happened with that was not okay. No, it was bad. It was really um, bad. Yeah, it's completely, in my opinion, unethical. Yeah. And maybe no one maybe no one cares what some part-time writer from The Athletic thinks. But, I mean, that I was horrified by that because I thought it was a news company taking its responsibility and just crapping all over it. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. I tweeted about it based on that. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I just tell people, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. For me, based on all the evidence that we have available, what I know is that he said something really, really bad that he shouldn't have said mm-hmm. that appeared to be said in the heat of an argument and maybe had some other meaning. I don't know. I think that's really given him the benefit of a doubt. It is. But that's all I know. Yeah. And then all, all else that I know is that it looks like this was there was at least some shady stuff going on here. And that's enough for me to say, hey, I'll wait and see. Um, and so yeah. when, when, how I navigate Twitter, when I, when I see people, because what a lot of Chiefs fans are doing right now are really going after people. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're so uneducated about all this and, like, saying personal things. And I'm just like, look, that's not going to change anyone's mind. Yeah. Make the information available. Say, hey, you know, did you hear the full recording? Hey, did you, hear, did you read all of Therese's stuff and all of Nate's stuff and some of this extra stuff here? Hey, you're still saying the kid's arm was broken, March, mm-hmm. and that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, have you really looked at everything here? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you can just ask people that and be kind about it, and maybe they'll cuss you out. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Because I found even some like Broncos fans and stuff. What I just said to one guy was, 
do you want to have a serious conversation about this? Because it seems like you don't. He said, no, I really do. And so he and I just talked about it a little. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing can actually change minds. So that's how I do Twitter. I just encourage people, make sure you have all the information, then draw some conclusions. I, whatever the whatever's going on in the background will be the punctuation on this conversation. Thank you, Seth. Uh, there's an article up right now that we just absolutely will not even acknowledge. Uh, it's Chiefs U Defense 201, talking about some post-snap stunts and very like real nerdy football stuff. If you're into that right now, you can read that. What which child is it making all the noise right now? This this would be my three-year-old son Lucas, who is just he's opening doors loudly and he just wants to be a star. Josh, he wants I, to be on the radio. I get it. And that's all he wants out of life. He actually really likes stunts, twists, and really nerdy defensive talk. So he thought he was here for that. But we can talk about that next week because it is super nerdy, and we definitely want some time to go into that. I do. I do very much. And uh, we can bring Lucas in to be our actual expert there, and you can just play with toys and offer drinks and close doors loudly and all of that in the background. This is clearly a sign that I've kept you for at least 15 minutes too long. Thank you, as always, for, uh, for hanging out for entirely too long with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Seth Kaiser of The Athletic featuring Lucas. That's the full byline from here on out. Read everything at theathletic.com. It's him and Nate doing all of this Chief stuff right now. Nate is too excited about training camp. Seth works too much, but it's to your benefit. You can follow him on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. And next week, we'll probably say that we'll talk about this article, and by seven days from now, we will completely forget about it. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Uh, The Raiders Uh are closing in on a one-year deal with Martavis Bryant. You may say, wait a second, the same Martavis Bryant that they, yeah, 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 I know him. Uh, the Raiders are one game in and they're already, uh, bringing, uh, in a receiver what? that could be, yeah, could be suspended for a year, uh, also, uh, recently released. <laughs> On Sports Radio 810, WHB. We went and spent pretty much the entire hour with Seth Kaiser. Thanks again to him for joining us, uh, I would say, this last segment. But it was basically this whole hour because the show's pretty much over. Uh, so thanks again to Seth. If you're looking for a bunch of great content coming out of Chiefs training camp, I know Nate Taylor is up there as we speak. Um, our very own Reese Salazar is still up there. He's up there for a while. I'll be back up again on Friday to attempt to take a picture of Anthony Sherman's butt. And uh, there's lots of great coverage from lots of great people happening all up there. Talked to Matt Derrick today, talked to Brooke Pryor today, talked to Mick Schaefer and Danny Wilniak and Tom Martin all today. There's a ton of great content that's going to be coming out of training camp. So I would say find those people that you want to hear from, follow them all on their individual and their, their company social medias, and you can certainly be doing that for me at JB Briscoe, for Rudy at Not That Rudy, for Beards at Beards McFly, and of course at Sports Radio 810. Stephen St. John's up there for the next like two weeks. I would hate to neglect to mention that because then he'd probably put me in like a half Nelson or something and next time I was up there and I, I don't want that. So he's at SSJWHB. He's always tweeting good stuff from out there and bringing us back a bunch of audio. So we'll be continuing to give you great coverage here on Sports Radio 810, all from uh, St. Joe. The next couple of days, I'll be co-hosting the Midday Show here on 810, 10 to 2, uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week. Friday, there's no shows. This is actually tomorrow night. We'll have a little bit of AES for you here as well. But uh, middays, the next two days, will be me and Brad Porter. And then Friday, I'll be back up in St. Joe's. Keep an eye on all of that. And of course, I beseech you once again, 
just subscribe to Almost Entirely Sports. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Almost Entirely Sports, and you'll get whatever goodness we put out will show up there in that feed. And there's going to be a lot of goodness over the next couple of weeks because football's back, kind of, and we'll keep talking about it right here on AES on 810. Bye, You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe on Sports Radio 810 WHB. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.